Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Hey, 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 hey. How's it going, Bills Mafia? And welcome to Bills or Bust Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Murphy. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, what a ride we had uh, last night. Uh, probably one of those victories that I still haven't found the time to celebrate because I just don't know how I feel about it. And joining us today, uh, first-time guest, very excited to have him, is uh, Bills superfan Matt Fastow. And Matt, thank you so much for uh, being with us. Hey, good morning, man. Thanks for having me, Tom. It's a, it's a pleasure as a, as a longtime Bills fan and being a fellow Bills fan like you. It's good to just talk to another one and just, you know, have that uh, that bond, albeit how uh, how dangerous that bond can be based on last night's game. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We just were introduced by a text just uh, a few days ago by our producer, Court. And yeah, we've already been, uh, you know, commiserating slash celebrating uh yeah it's just you know just how bill's mafia goes so i think you're a perfect guest to have after uh you know last night's fortunate debacle i'm still like trying to wrap my head around what happened yeah it's it, it's the most atypical bills game you can ever experience as a bills fan of like just knowing that there's maybe light at the end like the most recent iteration of us bills fan being a little bit more optimistic than say like the ej manual uh you know jp lossman era but a little bit more like what the heck what the heck what the heck like where is this going is this gonna end why isn't it ending third and third down throwing for it like it's just there's just these games and these decisions and it's just and just like moments of like even yesterday which is like the fights and the little chippy chippiness and spencer oh, brown yeah. getting hurt randomly and you're like okay this is just you know mind you how many injuries do we need to like you know deal with and that we're already just so underhanded or undermanned and and next man up and it's like there's no way so many more next men up before it's just practice squad and signing josh norman to the practice squad so yeah Oh, I know. Yeah. So it feels like Josh Norman, uh, you know, while everything seems to be like, you know, as we get older, it's like, wow, it was that long ago. Somehow, like Josh Norman feels like he was with the team 10 years ago when I heard we signed him. I'm like, it's like, well, I mean, I know they were talking just then. Relevant. Um, I, could, I mean, it's one of those things like knowing McDermott, like get the guy that's, that knows the system and it's like, okay, but it's like 35 years old. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, you're, you're a system guy, but so is Jake DeLome in a sense. And it's like, you know, so it, it just reminds me of just, yeah, like how long that this, you know, the McDermott bean era has been and, you know, Tyrod being the quarterback for the Giants last night. And he was teammates with Micah Hyde when, you know, they were kind of like the beginning of that new era of, you know, coming, making the playoffs by the skin of our teeth, thanks to uh, Andy Dalton and the Bengals and just uh yeah it's been it's been a ride <laughs> oh yeah no of course it's uh I know yeah speaking of back to that uh Andy Dalton you know getting us into the playoffs I always remember you know everybody was so excited but in the back of my mind I was always thinking just how absolutely bittersweet that was that was just like you know after 17 years we had to rely on another team to get us in the uh 
playoffs. Yeah, you know, I was reading The Athletic this morning, and there's a, a writer, Mike Sando, and he was talking about just like teams that <laughs> overachieved too early, and it, they, you know, referred to the Giants the last season and the Vikings last season and how they, you know, made the playoffs for winning teams, and now this season they're kind of, you know, reverting back to the mean and how like the fan bases are just not ready for that. And I think, you know, we kind of reverted back because it was like going into year one of Josh Allen after that that playoff uh, birth, you know, thanks to Andy Dalton and Tyrod. Um, and was that the Peterman season two again in the playoffs? So it's, you know, it's one of those appointments where it's like, how do you expect that to be like a good feeling? But hey, it's like, you know, remembering that that locker room and guys like Kyle Williams being happy. It's just like, hey, it's, it's part of the history. Exactly. Yeah. No, I remember the... Uh back in 2019, the Sunday night game against Pittsburgh, where that was like where we actually earned our way into the playoffs. That was kind of where that was where I was a little more emotional for that because that definitely felt like, Oh yeah, we are, we are legitimately back and not a team that just, uh, you know, was just handed this playoff berth and like, I actually felt like maybe this playoff run will actually score a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very similar sentiments. Absolutely. So, uh going to go right into it now. And before we do that, uh, I want to give you uh, last week's trivia question. I always try to relate it to, you know, the game of the week. So as we all know, uh, Bill's first ever Super Bowl appearance was in 1991, Super Bowl 25 versus the Giants. So in that game, which would have been the Bill's first touchdown in Super Bowl history, who scored it? And I'm allowed to answer this one, correct? Oh <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Please go uh, for it. Go for it. Let uh, let everyone know. Was it was it Stephen Davis? Oh no, that's uh, I know who you're thinking of. It's kind of you're kind of close with the initials if you just uh, reverse it. It was a uh, if you remember the name Don Smith. Wow, pretty much yeah, he's pretty much the third string running back. Uh, yeah. Very, very seldom used, and somehow got the handoff in Super Bowl Twenty Five to score our first touchdown. One year, just a one yard run. Uh, I mean, it's as much as I remember some of those years. I was six years old in, the, in that Super Bowl against the Giants, and uh, I, I, I definitely remember the ones after that. Unfortunately, uh, but oh uh, yeah, yeah. See, I was uh, in the Super Bowl years. I was eleven to fourteen, so those were very formative, uh, uh, <laughs> very formative years. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't too young at 11 years old to cry my eyes out once, uh, <laughs> you know, once uh, Norwood missed the kick. And I'll just never forget uh, being dragged out of my mom's uh, friend's kitchen. I was living in North Carolina at the time. And, you know, I had finally calmed down for a second. And I'm like, my mom is just absolutely humiliated. My mother knows nothing, cares nothing about football. And... I'm uh, just brought to this small little Super Bowl gathering. She was mortified that her 11-year-old son was, uh, like, uh, you know, audibly sobbing at the end of this game. I had finally calmed down, and I'm, like, brought right in front of the TV while I'm, you know, being escorted out of my mom's friend's house. And I see Otis Anderson hoisting, like, you know, talking to Super Bowl MVP. And then it all came back again, and I famously went, That should be Thurman Thomas! (laughs) <laughs> my mom was just like, okay, just get, get, get the hell out of here, Thomas. Just, 
Yeah, I had, uh, so I think at least one, if not two Super Bowl parties as a kid. And I was like seven, eight years old. And those parties did not end very well or ended definitely one year where I just wanted everyone to leave. And I was just a kid. I didn't know how to like tell kids to like, just get out of my, out of my parents' house or my mom's house. So I was just like, yeah, just very emotional, but you know, Hey, this is, uh, this is who we became as, as whether we lost years in our life eventually or not. Hey, we're here now. We have, we have a, we have a good, a good team and a good franchise all of a sudden. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, and yeah, growing up, uh, you know, getting older and during this, absolutely the 17 year playoff drought, you know, I've been in, uh, I've been in New York for 20 years now. And so that was kind of the bulk of, uh, you know, the bad years people like would say to me, you know, uh, I was like, man, that was, uh, it's like, that must've been so rough to go to four Super Bowls in a row and lose them. And I feel like not to make a, uh, inappropriate reference of the time, uh, but I always felt like Kevin Spacey in American Beauty. I was just like, no, it was fantastic. <laughs> we were just dominant those years. We won, you know, pretty much every Sunday you could count on a win. Uh, you know, you rolled through the playoffs just up until that last game. And it was just like, it was a fantastic time. I would, I would definitely take four Super Bowl appearances, even if they ended in losses now. I mean, one win would just be great. Multiple wins would be better. But uh, my God, no, I would just, I would just, absolutely love that and it's kind of good to have that back nowadays yeah and i mean like you look at the you know the, the closest team to that's been that's done that in recent history has been the chiefs and you know thank to them to their credit they've won what twice in the past four years or mm-hmm. so exactly. so that's you know maybe that's us in a you know in a, in a perfect world if we can get you know that course stop getting injured so easily um you know and and then in getting home field and all you know that's, there's so many things that uh you know so many factors that go into a season and yeah again to, to do that four seasons in a row is unprecedented so it's a, it's a nice little nice little you know stripe as much as it didn't end in the way that anyone wanted but yeah and I, what was the, I, I liked yes last week's um trivia it was uh well, I forgot I forgot off the top of my head but it was a good one and I think that oh, whoever yeah. was, who was the first uh, who was the first quarterback to defeat uh, Jacksonville in in NFL history the first Bills quarterback to defeat right. Jacksonville and that was uh that was the famous uh, Flutie bootleg the uh, the uh, the busted bootleg, I remember. It looked so natural at the time, but yeah, it was definitely a busted play, and Flutie just ran it in, and that was pretty much the beginning of Flutie mania. Yeah, uh, it's it's like I was still young at the time, so just remembering like the Flutie versus Rob Johnson, you know, like whole thing, and then and then yeah, and I think yeah, but this is uh, this is history, and it's 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 yeah. it's good to to have it, and sometimes you're just like eh, you know, but yeah, I got Rob Johnson. Remember we. We traded a ninth overall pick to get a guy who started like two games. It's uh, man, it was a, it was a ninth overall pick to get Rob Johnson. Yeah, and you know who Jacksonville took? It was yeah, we got him from Jacksonville. You know who Jacksonville took with that pick? Who was it? Baselli? No, that would have been even worse. But it was still pretty big. It was Fred Taylor? Oh my goodness! Yeah, who had a fantastic, absolutely fantastic career. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, even if. Uh, we may have not been in the market for a running back at ninth overall, but back in those days, taking a running back at ninth overall was not a that was not a big deal. You did that all the time. 
I was just thinking about just, I mean, I, I saw something recently about, I, I guess I didn't realize we were part of some big trade. It wasn't the Herschel Walker trade, but it was like, we had, we got Daryl Talley. <laughs> Eric Dickerson. It was Dickerson. And it was like, we gave like, those the trades at the time were insane. Like, it doesn't make sense looking back oh, at yeah. it now. Um, but I think our, our haul was Daryl Talley. And I was like, okay, I mean, Daryl, oh, yeah. you know, stalwart. Oh, so it was uh, Cornelius, oh, Cornelius Bennett. Sorry. 97. Yeah. And uh, we got, and uh, all we gave up, I think we gave up a draft pick. And uh, Greg Bell, who was a very, very decent uh, running back at the time. His name doesn't hold up as well as Eric Dickerson's does. Eric Dickerson does, but uh, you know, no, he was a very good running back on our very bad teams in the mid eighties. Right. Yeah, I don't know who's trading for running backs right now. I mean, I was just thinking the other day, just before, just going in back the was it Puzzlesny for for Shady for McCoy? Um, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Or no, no, Kiko, Kiko. A lot, yeah. Kiko yeah, sorry, not Puzzlesny. Yeah. So was, uh, <sighs> I know, and that was such like a, I remember thinking is like I was a little upset to lose Alonzo, but I was like, we were able to get Lashawn McCoy for him. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Oh, the memories, and I thought it was like, like now we can't be stopped. I. So many iterations. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, let's uh, get into this game uh, last night. Can you give a just quick recap for uh, history's sake? Back home in Orchard Park, the Bills narrowly escaped the lowly Giants, who were heavily underdogs, squeaking by with the 14-9 victory, looking far removed from the dominating team we saw weeks two to four. And, uh... I don't know. There's so many ways we could start. Uh, I'm going to start off on a slightly positive, slightly uh, maybe, uh, you know, sore spot. But last night marked the return of Tyrod Taylor, a very polarizing uh, figure in Bill's history. And, you know, Tyrod, while not looking, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, uh, like not looking fantastic. Definitely got the job done. Uh, if he was playing any other team, I probably would have been really proud of him and very excited that, uh, you know, that's probably the best the Giants have looked all season. And there's a part of me that's like good for him. And then I'm also just like, why, Tyrod? Why did you Why did you have to keep us on the ropes like that for so long? Very true. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think uh, it's been like it's been such a tight turnaround. Uh, since the game last night to today, so I haven't even looked at the uh, full stats. But you know, we got two quick sacks on him in the first uh, quarter, I believe. And then, uh, from what I can imagine, I don't. Uh, it seemed like Dorian Williams could have been credited with one, but I think they marked it as a uh, run for loss. But uh, as far as I know, you know, Bills who are leading the NFL in sacks and the. Uh, uh, Giants who had given up 18 in the previous two games, we were only able to get to Tyrod, I believe, twice. Yes, I saw the stats, and I, I honestly can't remember any of the sacks off the top of my head. Maybe outside of like one play where he was just like kind of like the pocket collapsed, and you know, you know, either like a an Ed Oliver, or maybe like a Rousseau got him, or I think maybe Shaq. I feel like Shaq got him on one play, but it's just one of those ones where, yeah, especially against that offensive line, which they kept on mentioning, this was like the fourth or fifth different version of that offensive line. I mean, for goodness sakes, it was it Justin Pugh came off the streets? I mean, he's he's introducing himself yeah. on the 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 like the the 
game introductions like Justin Pugh straight off the couch, like others, you know, everyone's right. in their colleges or high school. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, they literally got this guy off the streets, you know, in the past week, which to his credit, hey, good on him. He really like stepped up. He started at guard and then they had to move him to left tackle because of the injury. <laughs> but, you know, so for what the Giants had, it's like, yeah, you know, we talk about as for the Bills, our defense being decimated, you know, minus uh, Milano, minus Trey, um, you know, minus, I think, you know, Vaughn coming off injury. I think thankfully we had Rousseau back. Um, Dave mm-hmm. Jackson was hurt. You know, Micah and Poyer may have lost a step. So for what the Giants had considering and Saquon coming off a high ankle sprain, you know, only what, three or four weeks. So it's been for what the Giants had, they, they overperformed and had us on the ropes and for all intents and purposes, probably should have won that game. Um, oh, absolutely. Oh, they deserve yeah. to. I mean, it's uh like, I mean, come to think of it, it's not, it's still the uh, third straight game for the Giants where they have not scored an offensive touchdown. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, you would have think like, oh, we didn't we allow them an offensive touchdown. We must have just absolutely murdered them. It's just like we absolutely did not. And yeah, if, if it wasn't for you know some poor uh, poor decision at the end of the first half where Tyrod audible no timeouts and said, "Hey, let's run it up the gut with Saquon," and get, couldn't get a second play, so they could have had two more plays there if they threw each time. To then you know having it uh, you know on the goal line after the pass interference and throwing it to Waller on the very left with no no it's, it's like I can't remember how many games we've had where there's been no time on the clock and there's been you know a penalty into the you know at the end of the game, so there's just a. Oh, yeah. A, de- a dead was that a dead call a dead uh i don't even know what you call it just no time on the clock play run it's not even a hail mary at that point it's just like all right just pray for everything so i know and it was just i was just like you know it was one yard line i was like it was one of those things uh you know i i almost could not believe we won that game as uh to my good buddy and uh you know frequent guest jason thurston said is like that is usually a game we end up losing you know, with the breaks, the breaks we were catching, so many penalties uh, that just kind of helped started to help them down the field, and you know, with the the pass interference, which was clearly pass interference, and there was also questionable pass interference on that last play. And Taron Johnson, yeah, I think you know a lot of highlights. I think Collinsworth. I, I turned the, the game off, you know, right after just to try to like get to get to bed. But I think I saw, I heard people saying Collinsworth was very like critical of the refs. Of mind you, the back judge was right there, and he, it's like the replay kind of and the kind of pretty mm-hmm. much pretty much shows Taron Johnson pulling Waller's jersey at some point as like he was going up. But it's one of those bang bang plays, like you know, it's it wasn't called and it benefits us. And you know, we come out of that and say, all right, now we go to the road, we go to New England, and play a you know a Patriots team that's not you know look great at all compared to what I think uh-huh. people expected of Matt Jones and Belichick and you know all that but for this game yesterday it, it was it was a tough one it, it was up and down and you know the offense again looked disjointed and I think you know there's a lot of questions mm-hmm. about Dorsey you know kind of like coming you know having an ability to kind of like get the the team rolling and even you know I read the athletic all the time and Joe Buscaglia who's a great you know great journalist for the Bills and good beat writer um, just came off paternity leave and comes out of it into the Jags game and into this game and he's like hey this this team didn't look really you know smooth and you know without Kincaid you know they couldn't really run 22 offense they were now back to running i think either 21 or 11 and it's like nothing was flowing and it's when you're seeing Diggs get 10 targets i think he was getting he got at least 10 receptions i know but the rest of the the offense was not spread out on on throwing plays you know it was like the uh-huh. touchdown to hardy uh maybe like one or two to to shakir um but you know basically really was critical of, of dorsey and saying hey not until those 
touchdown drives where it was like getting cook the ball to run getting shakir into the game and you know without getting into me being a huge shakir homer it's like sometimes the the offense looks kind of funky on just the personnel or even listen the first three drives um uh what's his name murray was the starting running back and Mm -hmm. we've seen cook you know, been one of the good dynamic runners of our team so far, you know, and without getting, I know Damian Harris had an awful injury and we hope he's okay. And it sounds by all means that, you know, his neck injury is, is okay. Albeit, you know, we'll see what it means for like the depth chart and how long he's out, but it's just the team looked disjointed on offense. And I don't know where that fix is going to come unless Bean is just very much like, you know, two weeks into the trade deadline, is he going to say, all right, let's get another receiver knowing that Gabe Davis is, you know, going to free agency. Mind you, Gabe didn't look that great. That fumble wasn't that great. You know, oh, yeah. so going all over the place, but this is the bill. Oh, you know, there's, this is, yeah. Yeah. This is the team. There's, that a, there's, we know. A, lot to, there's a lot to go all over. Yeah. And, uh, no, you know, we talk about the offense, and it was I was talking about it last year, and almost it seemed similar last week too. It's you know, it seems like when the injuries come, uh, and with the exception of Harrison, yeah, let's pray that he's okay. Uh, you know, I'm definitely hoping the cart on the field and everything they did was mere more precaution than anything. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him come back, but mostly his recovery is the most important thing. Uh, but you know, you have to think. You know, the defense is usually the one who's always getting decimated with the injuries for the most part. And they always seem to, you know, somewhat step up. Maybe they lose a little bit of a step, but, you know, uh, this game almost is in no way is on the defense. Uh, you know, you give up three uh, three field goals. You can't ask too much more of that against any team. Uh, but it always seems like the offense is the one who gets the, I don't know what to call it, like the Munchausen by proxy syndrome where they're the ones, you know, like oh my gosh like oh you know what are what are we going to do with uh, these defensive injuries and they're the ones who start to play more inconsistently because we absolutely know what this uh, offense is capable of you know dropping uh you know all of those points against you know Washington and you know with that defensive line of theirs uh 48 against Miami you know we absolutely know what they're capable of and yet uh you know when the defensive injuries strike it's the offense that seems to get a little uh you know, I don't know, mentally disturbed by them. And I've just, I yet, I have yet to, uh, like figure out that problem. It seemed it was going on last year a little bit, despite us being one of the most prolific offenses. Uh, it just, it doesn't rise to the same consistency as, you know, I feel it should. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have, we, like you said, we saw that last year during that, what the, you know, the Jets and Vikings games where, you know, they looked, they took very bad losses, you know, in games they should have won and the offense just never really clicked. And you could, you know, attribute that to, you know, really good, you know, defenses or just, you know, for the Vikings game, just a complete collapse. Um, and that's where the, you know, as, as Kyle Brand on NFL Network says, like sugar high Josh Allen, uh, you know, kind of shows up and kind of just tries to force things. I mean, for goodness sakes, the, the touchdown, yesterday to um what's his name um the tight end uh that that was through about the small window like the smallest windows and only only josh allen can make those throws and it's one of those ones where you're like you know it's you don't compare it to like the texans playoff game where he's throwing uh, a bomb to like a fullback you know it's not one of those but it's it's in that same vein of you know it's like you don't want the team to rely on josh allen going supernova you know but that's i think one of the things that's been kind of proposed even by guys like joe Exactly, where it's like, hey, if the defense is going to lose, you know, your top cornerback, your your stalwart linebacker, and you know, Daquan Jones too, which is a huge loss. Like, does the offense just have to like go above and beyond? And you know, 
we didn't we haven't seen that the last two weeks after those injuries so it's it's unfortunate even like in the post game you know locker room where josh was saying hey like defense we got to do better for y'all and uh, thankfully you know this team is very tight it's not something where there's some kind of like internal you know strife i think you know obviously of course the media is going to talk about stefan all the time and his quote-unquote blow-ups on the on the sidelines but you're seeing more than not especially yesterday like after the interception stefan's talking to his receiver or after the the gabe davis fumble Steph's, steph's talking to his receivers keeping them in check after one big play, like kind of, I think we haven't scored yet. It was in the third quarter. Stefan gets a big first down, looks at the stands, hypes them up. Like Stefan's being a leader more than not. And I think that's, you know, one of those things that, of course, the media and, you know, the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, they're going to really kind of try to like hype up the, is this team, you know, not destined? Is this team like dysfunctional? And of course, every team has dysfunction, but I don't think it's the dysfunction that everyone makes it seem so. But. Yeah, it's going to be tough to see how they can, you know, endorse the, the the jury's still out on Dorsey. And it's like, you're not going to make a change right now, you know, but seeing mm-hmm. like yesterday being Dayball Bowl, it's like Dayball was the guy that brought the best out of Josh. And I don't know if Dorsey is yet to be that guy as much as he's been like the the, the heir apparent to, to Dayball. Yeah, no. And it's, that's a, that's another uh, point I was going to make. Uh, and it, I mean, it's very hard for me to tell if Dorsey is a problem you know, because that you know, for you know, three straight weeks, you know, the Bills were just scoring at will, and it's just uh, it, it seemed to take a step back. And I'm wondering if he's a problem. You know, I don't know if he's designing these plays where you know Josh is throwing it to the line of uh, he's throwing it to the line of scrimmage on you know third and ten, uh, like you know checking it down like he's Trent Edwards or something. Uh, I don't know if that's on. I don't know if that's on Josh or if it's the play design. But uh, I don't know. I remember last, you know, after the playoff loss last year and everybody just wanted to point fingers, there was one uh, analyst who said, it seems like Dorsey sometimes just seems to like close his eyes and just throw his finger down on the playbook sometimes and just pick some random play. And at times last night, it just seemed like that, you know, uh, like, you know, it took us uh, four quarters to get our first touchdown. And, you know, it was like kind of just slowly like, okay, we're going to, we're going to find a rhythm on offense. As I was thinking the first quarter, second, second quarter, I'm like, Oh, we can still win this game by 20. And then it's just like, okay, then finally it's just like, what is going on? You know, I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel this giants defense was really clicking on all cylinders. I think we were making them look a lot better than they were. Uh, Obviously, this uh, I'd never want to hear the name Bobby O'Karakey again. Oh, he um, was he was everywhere, man. Like, yeah, good on. I mean, listen, that defense, albeit you know, totally undermanned. I know they have some injuries too, and but they also have two big guys in what Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence right at the middle. And I think even Collinsworth or, or Tariko mentioned it yesterday, like the week before the Giants played the Dolphins on the road, and the Dolphins were making a lot of plays. If they were running the play, they were going wide. They were going away from those guys, and for whatever reason, our plays for runs were up the middle and not to say that it's not it's not feasible but it's also one of those things like if you see a successful team last week do it you know not to say you have to, it's a, i mean it is a copycat league and that's where it's like is dorsey adapting the way that you want him to uh i mean obviously when you put latavius murray in for the first three drives that's not a guy that's going to go wide so you're kind of taking that away albeit latavius looked good in, in spurts and i think that's what you want from him like at the same time i don't want us to be like the frank gore team where like you're just kind of throwing the old guy out there and just hoping mm-hmm. for the best you know without getting into like pass protection conversations 
questions. You know, so you, you, that's where the Dorsey conversation, I think, sometimes becomes like a you get a little befuddled as a fan. Like, you know, again, even going back to the, the the play where we were trying to close it out, where we had, you know, the Giants had three timeouts. We had the ball at the midfield, run it two times. They have one timeout, and we say, all right, we're going to go for the kill and go for that throw. And it's like if you know you're going to like – not to say you're going to know, but third and eight is not as easy as say like a third and five or third and three to try to make that kill shot. And not to – listen, Josh and Knox should have made that play to to put the game to end it. But it's one of those ones like if you know – they ran the same play twice at first and second down. And it's just like, I get it. You're trying to make them use timeouts. But if you're doing that in two plays, then do that the third time, punt it, pin them back, and hope that Tyrod can't go 98 yards. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I did not understand uh, I did not understand the choice to, um, you know, go for the field goal there, uh, you know, because it was still going to, you know, they were still going to need the touchdown. Uh, yeah, you, you just try and pin them, you know, inside the five-yard line. It was going to be way harder for them. It would have put them... You know, the pressure of the pressure uh, being inside the five trying to get down there would have been so much more. I felt, you know, the uh, you, you line Bass up for a long field goal like that. And also, Bass has been absolutely incredible this year. And I knew, I knew, knew, knew he was just <laughs> due for, uh, you know, off game. I mean, he missed two 50 yarders. You can't really blame yeah. for that. No, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, like, thankfully, you know, the conditions weren't that bad. I'll be at Orchard Park, Park, Orchard Park in a, you know, random October game is probably some conditions more than not, you know, with that wind kind of crossing across the field. But yeah, I mean, you know, the guy was the special teams player of the month, I think, for the month of September, you know, so it's mm-hmm. not to say he's going to be perfect. But listen, the other games that yesterday, you saw the same thing. The Niners kicker, rookie kicker, missing a big field goal to win it. Uh, the Eagles kicker, Jake Elliott, missing a, a gimme to, for him for the most part, you know, so it's the league is hey kickers are going to be seen as kind of like the the goat you know sometimes they're the scapegoat and it's like yeah you want them to do one job but sometimes it's not as easy so no no absolutely and it's also another reason you know glad we uh we escaped with the win because it can't go on him and it's like okay he got that he got that out of the system he's probably gonna have to miss a an extra point or a 30 yarder to really get the bad kicks out of his system but uh very fortunate to escape yesterday i mean a win a win is a win but as I think I had mentioned to you, uh, when we finally shut it down, usually there's even like a, woo, I did not even cheer last night. It was just something like, it, there was a part like, okay, thank God, but it was just so like, uh, oh, no, what, just, what's going to happen going forward? You know, we have, as we have, uh, we have to look at our schedule here coming up. Uh, you know, the Patriots who are one team that's all, like, almost as disappointing as the Giants uh, they finally put up some touch offensive touchdowns yesterday. I hope the Pats got that up their system. But uh, you know, seemed like they were a team that uh, we could just absolutely roll over. We absolutely can. We should. But you know, we're gonna have to really, uh, you know, figure some stuff out if we're going to, uh, you know, really show the you know continue this dominance we've had uh, post Brady, you know, over the Patriots. No, definitely. I think, you know, Belichick, it's it's one of those things, Belichick, you just don't understand sometimes. But they started the season, they had that close game at home against the Dolphins where they kind of had them, and then the Dolphins go supernova on some other teams. But it's just, it's such a week-to-week thing. And, you know, at the same time, Mac Jones is done, does not look like the answer. And, you know, even bringing back, uh, who's it, Bill O'Brien into the mix as the offensive coordinator, obviously <laughs> an upgrade over Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. And they're still having struggles, and they just don't have dynamic offensive players. I mean, when Ezekiel L 
Elliott is scoring touchdowns for you, you know, at this, <laughs> at this, at this time, like this is a very weird time for Belichick. And I know, you know, it's, it's crazy to just be, you know, 20 years after the Brady dominance, Belichick's job and role is being questioned. So that's something we're used to during the, you know, the Chan Gailey and the, uh, you know, Wade Phillips eras. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just kind of thinking with this was this game here was like the start of, you know, what we hope was like a nice, easy stretch before the uh, schedule becomes an absolute bitch at the end of the year. But, uh, you know, we have uh, the Patriots coming up, uh, the Buccaneers, who I definitely think are, a you know, sub average team. But, you know, we shall see Bengals. We have no idea who they are going to be, uh, you know, in three weeks. I uh, wasn't very impressed with their win yesterday just compared uh but, you know, uh, considering uh, I have yet to see the Bills look good against Burrow, uh, more or less for lack of, uh, you know, like lack of opportunities. Uh, and then following that, we have the Broncos, who, much like the Giants, seem like a team, you know, we should just roll over. We've got to take it one game at a time. But this, uh, you know, this five-game stretch is something we really need to take advantage of because, you know, the schedule gets a lot tougher uh, as we go on. Um, we're definitely going to need uh, – both Benford and Jackson healthy. Uh, I'm one thing I wanted to go back to with the game last night. I am. Uh, it's been a very short uh, time with us, but I am almost done with Kyir Elam. I am just seeing absolutely nothing with him so far this year. Uh, he was a healthy scratch the first four weeks. I was kind of wondering how bad he could be because I didn't think he was as bad as other people said last year. You know, I made some big plays, uh, but no, he's just. Uh, you know, he's he's just allowing these receivers way too much separation. And it's just he definitely looks like the absolute odd man out on this defense. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate because, I mean, for a guy that you traded up to get, you know, and I think, you know, we kind of did the same thing this year um, to get Kincaid. It's just, you know, not to, I'm not comparing the two at the same time. Mm-hmm. You, look at, you look across the, the the conference over at the Lions and seeing how they're using Laporta compared to using uh, Kincaid. But, I mean, going to Kair, it, it's it's tough to see. Like, this is a guy that you draft in the first round around the same, uh, you know, area of the draft that you got Trey. And you're thinking, all right, this guy's going to be, you know, the, the next Trey. And he was then just couldn't come out of the training camp in the top three. I mean, if it's Trey, Benford, Dane, and then Kair in year two, that's a that's a huge red flag. And then to be a healthy scratch up until, you know, the game after Trey gets hurt after the Dolphins and he gets scorched by Calvin Ridley, albeit Ridley's a great receiver. So it's not something that's mm-hmm. like, you know, super surprising, but he was just like just targeted at will. And that's why, you know, it sounds like he kind of avoided getting, you know, a lot of bad or a lot of like over, you know, zealous targeting by Tyrod and the Giants. But I mean, they did. And I think, you know, even talking to some other Bills friends, my guys, my friends were like, he kind of looks lost out there. And that's not good going into, you know, the end of October. And, you know, with Benford being a sixth rounder, albeit way playing way above his pay, his draft uh-huh. rate, uh, Dane Jackson from off a foot injury. So it's, you know, it's, it's not mm-hmm. good. It's like, yeah, we'd love to, I think, get a, another good cornerback. And I want to, I really want to see how Bean, how aggressive Bean is, you know, in the next week. It's, you know, do you go at Denver who's looking bad? You look at Carolina, you know, you look at guys like JC Horn coming off injury. I don't know. It's, it's, Kair is not, is not it. And it's oh, yeah. unfortunately looking like a Cody Ford, Marcel Darius situation. It's so funny because I was just about to mention Cody Ford and just the history. It has to say a lot because I've always felt, uh, much as I love the new McD- McDermott Bean era, they seem to they seem to really uh, 
give some of these struggling players the benefit of the doubt. They did with Ford. He stuck around way too long. I mean, let's not even mention Nathan Peterman. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they're making him a healthy scratch the first four weeks uh, really has to say something. And also having him pre- like playing preseason in the fourth quarter of games where he's playing with the, uh, you know, the almost certain cuts is definitely saying something about the confidence so far that McDermott and Bean have in him. Yeah, no, I think, you know, maybe this is kind of a the last season or two is kind of a new era where even we're seeing, you know, yesterday, uh, Dorian Williams playing, uh, they said 100% of the snaps yesterday in place of mm-hmm. Milano. And in other years, they would, you know, call up AJ Klein off the practice squad, they would have Terrell Dodson maybe play some snaps. And it's like, I think there's a little bit more uh, trust in the rookies, even Benford from last season to this season, you oh, know, yeah. so Russo in year three looking, you know, like a dominant player. So it's, I think the quicker that maybe McDermott and Bean are just kind of like hey this is these players are who they are we can't get anything from them it's not to say it's time to move on but it's like let's see what we can get because i think you know even going to yesterday's game i said all right for kair maybe it's a game to get his trade value up to get something you know but right now he's you know a practice squad i mean yet last week jamarcus ingram a practice squad player was playing the last snaps against the jaguars albeit they said it was maybe situational but he just has not looked the part which is unfortunate for a first round pick Yes, the situation, meaning we want to win a close game. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, you talk about, like, yeah, at this point, uh, I mean, maybe he can, like, turn it on a dime. But, yeah, I would take definitely a seventh rounder in 2031 for uh, Kai Erdilum, you know. Yeah, no, I I hope it works out for him. It's like, I remember we drafted him, and he just seemed really prepared and, like, you know, had the playbook with him, and it was very, like, did did everything that was right in terms of, like, a pre-draft and draft, you know, timing, and just for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out. And you can, you know, numerous factors, whether it be, you know, just out of his element in a different place, you know, not being in flight, I don't know, so... We'll see. But I think that the other the other defensive players have to step up and, you know, we'll see if we dip into the trade market. And I think, you know, knowing Bean, being Bean, he's traded up recently. I think he may say, hey, this is our window. We just lost three big players for possibly the whole season. We really need to, like, patch that up more than just patch it up. Like, the Daquan injury, I think, is bigger than people realize because now Oliver's getting double teamed. So, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm getting uh, getting the two minute warning here from uh, the producers. But yeah, real quick, I just want to like with Dorian Williams definitely has a lot to work on. But I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely digging. He definitely looks hungry out there. You kind of see him. He's running, you know, kind of like a loose cannon out there. He'll definitely be able to tighten that up. Love to see where uh, you know he goes from here. But uh, before I say goodbye to you, I want to uh, let you uh, ponder next week's trivia question here. As we all know, we have the Patriots, uh, who we have had tremendous success against during the uh, post-Tom Brady era. Uh, And speaking of, in the Brady era, there were three quarterbacks to notch wins against Brady, uh, and that is over about a 17-year career, uh, where he went 30, I believe he was 33-3 and against the Bills. Uh, so, uh, it's a three-parter. You have to name, uh, all three quarterbacks to get a victory versus one Tom Brady. So, uh, think about, uh, that just for a moment, Matt. Uh, but Matt, uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Fantastic guest. I really hope to have you on again, uh, sometime in the very near future. And also have to ask, you know, we're in the same city. Uh, I don't know where you go to watch the games. Uh, 
you know, if I'm not, if I don't get to watch at home, I tend to go to uh, the aptly named Murphy Sports Bar in Astoria. Uh, I don't know who, where you have, uh, if you have your spot here yet in the city. Um, so I'm in Brooklyn. And by the way, thank you for having me. It's been great. I know a big shout out to Court, uh, your producer, just for introducing us. And, you know, he, he mentioned because we live, we work in the same company and he mentioned we were just in our cafeteria, our job cafeteria. He's like, yeah, like, you know, produce a Bills podcast. I'm like, that's cool. And he because he, he was telling me he's not really into sports outside of Premier League soccer. And I'm oh, like, yes. he's like, yeah, but I do help produce a Bills podcast. I'm like, that's sick. And, you know, like two or three weeks later, we got introduced. So this has been a pleasure, oh, you know, to kind of just talk Bills as I usually do, no matter what the the situation but um no, i'm in brooklyn we have this place called fulton alehouse near us which oh i've uh, absolutely heard of that yeah they don't want to serve food which is kind of tough and unfortunately the last time i went there was the 13 second bills chiefs game oh. um so it's one of those things that's in walking distance to me but it's still very like i just that that up and down like looking at my fitbit and like the heart rate just kind of just going all <laughs> over the place i don't really want to have that ptsd is there so um but no i think you know especially it's crazy i think we only have two more one o'clock Sunday games, I think they said for the rest of the season. The rest of the games are oh, yeah. kind of like prime time or what I think they were promoting the game against the Chargers in December is peacock exclusive. So um, you know, yeah, let's let's figure out a game in Astoria. I love it over there. So it's definitely figured out over the next few weeks before it gets freezing. Oh uh, yes, no, absolutely. And uh yes, we'll be in touch uh definitely during the season. Uh it was a pleasure having you on. Uh and before but Bills Mafia, before we go, I just need to send out a uh, my condolences to uh, frequent guest Mark Ferraro. Uh, his father passed away just yesterday. Uh, he was a big Jets fan, and you know, as much as uh, they are rivals to us, it was great to see them win yesterday for both uh, Mark and the memory of his father. And uh, Mark, we wish you and your family the best uh, moving forward during this difficult time, and can't wait to have you on again. Uh, and Bills Mafia, enjoy uh, the week. Uh, let's get ready for New England and let's go, Buffalo. Thanks again for listening to Buffalo Bills or Bust. Remember to like and subscribe, leave a comment, and let's go, Buffalo. Buffalo Bills or Bust has been a Samurai Dinosaur production, copyright 2023.